Hallelujah. I said, Hallelujah. Amen. Explosive. Moving to the next dimension this morning. Are you ready? Lift your two hands above your head. Put them together. Joyful shot. Let's receive our Papa. Doctor Abel Damina. blessed this morning our prayers are answered lift your right hands let's give thanks again father we thank you praise you father Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, Heavenly Father, we rejoice that this morning we are accepted in the beloved. And we thank you that we are found in you not having our own righteousness. And we rejoice that our righteousness is of the faith of Jesus Christ. And we have access into the deep things of God by the Holy Ghost. So this morning we take off and we take from the Spirit revelation knowledge. And we decree that veils full of clarity comes by your word. Your people are equipped. Your people are edified. Your people are built up. And Jesus is glorified. Thank you for answered prayer. In Jesus precious name. And every believer says a powerful amen. amen. Lift your right hands to heaven. Let's release our feet together. As we say these words. I am born of God. I am born of the world. The word of God is my nature. I do not struggle to do the world. I do the word naturally. Therefore today, I will understand the word of his grace. I will be built up. At the end of this service, I will never be the same. Never ever be the same again. In Jesus name. And every believer says a powerful amen. amen. We want to welcome everybody connected to this service by way of Kingdom Life Network. Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, all of our social media community. We're so glad to welcome all of you, brothers and sisters, and the entire Kwaibom State community. We want to welcome every one of you to the service this morning. Whichever platform you're listening to us, whether it's radio, Aquaibom, Comfort FM, XL FM, Inspiration FM, Heritage FM, we're just glad to welcome every one of you to the service, guys. You need to call a friend, a family member, a loved one, ask them to connect to this radio station right now. Life is flowing through the airwaves. The social media brethren, we want you to know we love you. We're always excited to serve you the grace of God online. Help us reach out to other friends, loved ones, and get everybody to hook up to the service this morning. Share the video on your page. Share with as many groups as are on your page. Join as many groups as possible and put the videos there. Of course, drop them on monogram, telegram, WhatsApp groups. Let's lighten the dark places of the earth. All our campuses around the world, we're so glad to welcome all of you brothers and sisters to the service. You're fasting your seatbelts. It's going to be exciting this morning. Grab your pen, your notebook, your Bible, and you can be seated with your sweet, smart self this morning as we get into the world. Amen. Praise God. It's been a, a, a week or two weeks of adventure looking at wisdom for living. Wisdom for living. And we are going to be on it for quite a little more. Um, yesterday, we began to look at something that is not very normal for many believers and that is our relationship with our country our relationship with our nation 
as Nigerians or whichever country you're watching around the world, as Cameroonians, as uh, uh, South Africans, as Americans, as, as Britons, as, you know, whichever country you belong. You know, we began to examine that in the light of scripture. My responsibility as your pastor is to make sure you have the whole counsel of God so that you are enriched in every area of your life so you can live a total life that glorifies the Lord Jesus. This morning, we're still looking at the relationships of the new creation. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 17. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. So if you're a new creation in Christ, he says, all things are passed away. Behold, see, look, all things have become new. First John chapter 3 verse 1 and 2. It says, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Next verse. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. Somebody shout, I'm a son of God now. So we are sons of God today. Not just that we have the light of God today. We are the light from God. John chapter 8 verse 12. Jesus speaking to the Jews said to them. John 8 12. Then spake Jesus again unto them saying. I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness. But shall have the light of life. Shall have the light of life. The Bible tells us about Jesus in John chapter 1 verse 3. It says, in him was life and the life was the light of men. Verse, verse 3. All things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. So, in him was life and the life was the light. The life was the light of men. So, I have light. That's why the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 5 verse 14, Let your light, you are the light of the world, a city set on a hill that cannot be hid. You are the light of the world. So let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. You are the light of the world. There's nothing you can do as a believer to impress God. I repeat, there is nothing you can do as a believer to impress God. God has been impressed by Jesus. God has been impressed by Jesus. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased was what God said. When we receive Christ, God is pleased with us. Not because of what we have done, but because of what Jesus has done. God is pleased with every believer on the premise of what Jesus has done. That's why Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 to 10, he says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God had before ordained that we should walk in them. So there's nothing you can do 
to be a greater son of God. Because he has already made you his son. There's no improvement on sonship. You are a son. That's what it is. Okay, you can be greater. You can be a superior son. <laughs> you are a son. You are the son of God. So he said, let your light so shine before men, not before God. Your light as a child of God is supposed to shine before men. Some people say my Christianity is a personal thing. It's not a personal thing. Don't deceive yourself. Jesus sent us to the world to preach the gospel to the world. How can that be personal? He says, you are my witnesses. How can that be personal? You are my witnesses. Luke 24, 48 to 49. He says, we are his witnesses. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. You shall receive power and you shall be witnesses. That's not personal. Let your light so shine before men. God doesn't need your works. But he wants you to demonstrate your works before men. God doesn't need your works. But he wants you to demonstrate your works before men. That's why Jesus said faith. I mean James. James said faith without works is inoperative or dead. How can you say you have believed and we cannot see the proof of it in your lifestyle? How can you say you are a believer and we cannot see the evidence of it in your relationships? Let your light so shine. James chapter 2 verse 9, he says you believe that there is God, even the devils believe and tremble. But the only thing that differentiates you from the devil is your works, the fruits of righteousness. The devil doesn't have that, the believer has that. All right, the fruits of righteousness, your works, the works of the believer, or your lifestyle. What good is it you believe? You believe, but your works do not show that you believe. Of what good is your believing? He says, Let your light so shine before men, before your neighbors, before your employers, before your parents, before your employees, before your colleagues before your classmates in the university don't say well it doesn't matter i can you know i can i'm still a christian i am still saved anyhow i behave i am still saved <laughs> that's a careless christian very careless ephesians chapter 5 verse 7 mm -mm. ephesians chapter 5 verse 7 be not ye therefore partakers with them next verse next verse for you were sometimes darkness but now are you light in the Lord? Walk as children of light. Act that way. You are light. Act as light. You are light. Behave as one. How can you act as, a, as you know, a child of light? By the word of God. By the word of God. It is the word of God that produces out of you that light that is inside you the word of god brings it out for people to benefit from it when you come to church like this we teach you the word of god so your life can be transformed you are born again in your spirit but your conduct has to be affected you are born again in your spirit but your conduct has to be affected the way you talk the way you react the way you conduct yourself. Because God's word is there to change you. You are born again. You have accepted Christ. But then 
your practice of Christianity. You are born again, you have accepted Christ, but then your practice of Christianity depends on how much of the word of God you feed upon. Your practice of Christianity depends on how much of the word of God you feed upon. You cannot feed on the word of God once a week and expect to have a practical Christian life. You cannot feed on the word of God once a week and expect to have a practical Christian testimony. It's not possible. As a church, we are blessed. I teach you the word of God every day. And the word of God is made available to you even in the toilet. I come to your toilet and I teach you in the toilet. I come to your kitchen, I teach you in the kitchen. I come to your shower, I teach you in the shower. Even if you are in the farm, I come to the farm to teach you. Those of you that work in the riverine areas, I am always there teaching you every day. You have no excuse. I teach the word every day. Every day I am here on this pulpit. Whether you are here or not, I am teaching. Because my loyalty is to Jesus. My service is to Jesus. And because you belong to him, you are a beneficiary of my service to Christ. So, if you are not being fed, it's not anybody's failure, it's your failure. If you are going to practice Christianity, you have to learn to feed on the world. The more of the world you feed upon, the more Christianity you will be able to practice. First Peter chapter 2 verse 2 says, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, why? That you may grow thereby. You've got to feed on the word. Some people will say, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. It's not about what you think. It's about what the word says. Yesterday I was talking about your responsibilities to your country. And I'm sure some of you were very angry when I said, policemen are ministers of God. It is in your Bible. Open it. Except you want to tear your Bible off. I'm not saying that there are no bad policemen. Just that, like there are also bad Christians. Every occupation has bad people in it. But the bad does not overcome the good if the good is really good. The Bible says policemen are ministers of God. And they are not a terror to good works. But they are a terror to those that do bad. It's clear. Except you want to argue with the word of God. You've already said it before we started. You're born of the word. So you do the word naturally. <laughs> Didn't you say that? And the word says the policeman is a minister. So you treat him as a minister. It's as easy as that. It's a minister of God. It's there in your Bible. It's all clear. Now, it doesn't matter what personal grievances you have against the police. It does not stop the policeman from being a minister. It doesn't. That one policeman treated you bad doesn't mean police is bad. There are still Holy Ghost filled policemen. There are still policemen that are anointed and they are functioning in the authority of the believer. Somebody say, I hear you. The policeman is your friend. Except you're a producer of bad works. <laughs> say, I hear you. I'm not hearing you. I'm not hearing you. 
I'm teaching believers. If you are not a believer and you are hearing me, you have the right to go away. This message is for those that are born of God. This message is for those that are born of the world. This message is for those that are the light of the world. Say, I hear you. I'm not hearing you. So then we begin to look at friendship. <clears throat> we began to look at friendship. The Bible says in James 4, 4, friendship with the world is enmity with God. That is, you cannot have a relationship with someone who is not a Christian. Let me quickly mention something. You cannot do the word and you cannot think the word if you do not feed on the word. You cannot do the word, you cannot think the word if you do not feed on the word. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, Evil communications corrupt good manners. So we've been looking at the kind of relationships we keep and what the word of God says we should do. You cannot have a relationship with someone who is not a Christian. When you develop intimacy with a non-Christian, you build confidentiality with a non-Christian, you are bringing shame to the name of the Lord. Because the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness? He tells you the unbeliever is darkness, you are light. So you don't have an option in relationships. Someone says, I can choose my friends. No. You can only choose your friends according to the criteria of the word of God. First John 2.15 Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the father is not in him. So, as a child of God, you need to know. That there are restrictions on relationships. We are to show love to unbelievers. Do good to all men. We are to live in peace with unbelievers. Hebrews 12, 14. Live in peace with unbelievers. We are to preach the gospel to unbelievers. Number one, we are to show love to unbelievers. Galatians 6, 10. Number two, we are to live in peace with unbelievers. Hebrews 12, 14. Number three, we are to preach the gospel to unbelievers. Mark 16, 15. But we are not supposed to build relationship. We are not supposed to build relationships or friendship with unbelievers. That will be sinful. Our relationships must bring glory to God. Sometimes bringing glory to God may not be what will please you or please people. But it brings glory to God. We talked about marriage. You mustn't marry an unbeliever or even hang out with them. First Corinthians 7 39. First Corinthians chapter 7, verse 39. The wife is bound by the law as long as her husband liveth. But if her husband be dead, she is at liberty to be married to whom she will. But only in the lord only in the lord how to conduct yourselves in your homes we said husbands you must love your wives wives you must submit to your husbands we also examine how you believe 
or how you behave as a child to your parents. We also spoke about employer and employee relationship. Ladies and gentlemen, just do the word. If you do the word, you will give glory to Jesus. We also looked at you as a citizen of Nigeria. I am not assuming because I know that there are some people that are not Nigerians. There are some people that are not Nigerians. Even in this church, there may be some such people. You are not a Nigerian, maybe a Cameroonian or, you know, another nation. You know, and there are also some Nigerians who have said they are not Nigerians. But they have a Nigerian passport. But they say they are not Nigerians. <laughs> they have a Nigerian passport. But they say they are not Nigerians. But they have a Nigerian passport. <laughs> Praise God. I am proud to be a Nigerian. Any day. Any day. I was born in Nigeria. I grew up in Nigeria. I got born again in Nigeria. I went to school in Nigeria. I spoke in tongues in Nigeria. All the exigencies I know in Nigeria. I was called to ministry in Nigeria. I am ministering in Nigeria. I'm preaching the gospel in Nigeria. I married my wife in Nigeria. I have my three beautiful daughters in Nigeria. And I am still living in Nigeria. I'm proud to be in Nigeria. God bless the Federal Republic of Nigeria. I'm not speaking for you. I'm speaking for me. And I have a right to express myself. <laughs> I pray for the it's good. Nigeria will be great. Leave this thing. Leave this thing. <laughs> Few years ago, Dr. Ron Kinali came to visit me here. And we were talking. And people were complaining about Nigeria. Ron Kinali said, hey, remember, comparing Nigeria with America doesn't make sense. Except you're not a good student of history. America is 250 years as at that time. 250 years old. Nigeria is just 60. <laughs> Nigeria is just 60. Yet, even America being 250 or 50 something years now, Last day they were born in their cities. They were born in their cities as developed as they are with their entire democracy. Look at the menace during their elections. There's hope for Nigeria. I said there's hope for Nigeria. <laughs> there's hope for Nigeria. And they that pray for the peace of Nigeria shall enjoy it. The problem of Nigeria is still the church. Men of God stand and say Nigeria is a useless country. Nigeria is finished. When a man of God who is supposed to speak on behalf of God uses his authority to fight his country. We call the things that be not as though they were. That's what my Bible teaches me. That when I see darkness, I call light. The creative power is at work in me. <laughs> Somebody said, we've been praying for Nigeria for many years. It has not changed. How many years have you prayed consistently? Tell the truth. 
consistently, non-stop. You pray all the time. It's called this is prayer of supplication. That is you stay there and stay there and stay there until you see what you're looking for. And sometimes it takes time, but you stay consistently. Not that today you pray well, tomorrow you use your mouth to cancel the prayer. After you pray, use your mouth. Nigeria is a useless country. You just prayed and say, bless Nigeria. Then you now say, Nigeria is a useless country. So you are double-minded. And a double-minded man is unstable. And let not that man think his prayer will produce anything. I'm teaching good this morning. It's true, we have some useless politicians. It's true, we have them. Very useless. When they want your vote, they come to you and ask you what you think. They interact. When you vote them, they don't talk to you till they leave office. When they leave office, they now remember they have you. They are such people. Who don't care about your welfare? They are there. They are there. And they are in every country. <laughs> it's not just in Nigeria. They are in every country. Amen. So think about it. If Nigeria is no more today, where will you take the over 300 million people to? Which country will you dump the over 300 million Nigerians? Where will you take them to? It's a question. It's not a country of 5 million people. We're talking about 300 million. Nigeria will be great. And our children will enjoy it more than us. Your amen, if it's good, if your amen is as good as your faith, you'll be a partaker of the blessing. Somebody shout, I hear you. Romans chapter 13 verse 1. Let's push a little more. Romans chapter 13 verse number 1. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. For there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. What's my duty as a Nigerian or as a citizen of a country according to the word of God? Look at verse 7 of Romans chapter 13. Verse 7. <clears throat> Render therefore to all their dues. Tribute to whom tribute is due. Custom to whom custom. Fear to whom fear. Honor to whom honor. So we are supposed to pay taxes. We, are, we also as Christians are supposed to honor the national anthem. And we are supposed to honor the national pledge. The moment the national anthem is being sung, you are supposed to stand. You stand. When the national pledge is being said, you are supposed to stand. If I had time, I would have asked us to sing the national anthem and pledge of, of without any script. Let me see how many of you know the anthem. Some of you just know. Arise or compatriots. Nigeria, that's life. It's a shame if you don't know your national anthem, and it's a shame if you don't know your national, national, you know, national pledge. These are things you ought to know, and you ought to say them and think about them, because in the national anthem, the stanza two is a prayer. O God of creation, direct our noble cause. Yes, it's a prayer. Every time you say that, you are praying. 
it's a prayer for this nation. Praise God. And when we sing the national anthem, it's a spiritual act. Because the Bible says you should give honor to your country. Anytime you hear the national anthem, anywhere you are, make sure you stand to your feet and sing it with all your heart. So we are supposed to also pay taxes and dues. In Matthew 22, they asked Jesus also whether it was right to pay taxes. Matthew 22, 17, 21, you can read at home. And Jesus said, well, what is, what is on the coin? They say Caesar. So if it belongs to Caesar, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. Pay your taxes. Because with your taxes, the government is able to provide security, water, roads, basic amenities, and services. So we must render our obligation as God's children. And it's not about the government of your state. We're talking about the federal government, the state government, and the local governments. Sometimes even your residential association, you know, sometimes in communities they have vigilante. They have those groups and everybody is fine to pay. Be a good citizen and be a good believer where you live in your neighborhood. If there are such dues, pay your dues. It's a spiritual thing because the word of God says when you do that, you bring glory to Jesus. We also talk about praying for your nation. We are supposed to be submitted to the authorities of our country, of our state, of our local governments, and of our nation. We submit to the authority of the police. The police, I already spoke about them. You honor your local government chairman. The security organizations of the country. We must respect the laws of the land as God's children. And set an example for the unbelievers to, to copy. We are the light. We should be in the forefront of ensuring that we honor our great nation. Also, we are supposed to pray for those in authority. Second, I mean, First Timothy chapter 2 verse 1. First Timothy chapter 2 verse number 1. I exhort therefore that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Next verse. Look at the all men now for kings and for all that are in authority why that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty why for this is good and acceptable in the sight of god our savior what will that do for us next verse who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth he used a word here, supplication. The word supplication here means petitioning God. It's a fixed demand, disease. And supplication can take a very, very long time. Supplication. So when I hear Christians say, we've been praying for this country, we have prayed enough, it's time to act. I wonder, act how? Ask them act how how demonstration they will kill you and nobody will account for you so how will you act the weapons of our warfare are not carnal except you are not a child of god for though we walk in the flesh 
we do not war after the flesh except you don't believe in the power of prayer except you don't believe in the power of god's word say it's time to act how most of the people that abuse government that is where it ends it doesn't go beyond the abuse what can you do so instead of abusing create instead of insulting call the things that be not as though they were the effectual fervent prayer what does it do it availed much if i'm teaching good say i hear you and you know that the government have not bribed me to talk for them i hope you know that i hope you know that i'm not teaching you this because the government gave me some money i'm teaching this because it's the word of god and as your pastor i teach you all of the counsel of god there's nobody that can pay me to preach i preach because i obey jesus there's not no amount of money you can pay me to make me preach the gospel i'm not preaching for meal ticket i'm preaching for the savior of my soul see i hear you you know now you know i'm one pastor that don't have anything to do with uh, government quarters I'm, I don't have their time. I pray for them. I don't have time to go around there manipulating, dancing around. I don't have that time. That's not my calling. My calling here is to educate you. I pray for them. I wish them well. If they come to me for advice, I advise them in the light of scripture. That's all I have to offer. Say, I hear you. I'm not telling you. Say, I hear you. Yesterday I told you, since this new government came, it, one tenor has gone, the second tenor is almost finished. I've not been to government house. I don't know what the gate looks like now. And neither has the governor been here. So there's no reason why I'm preaching other than it is the word of God. So you better relax your mind and do the word of God. Am I teaching good? Thank you, Lord. Our actions as believers are in the place of prayer. We must pray as a church. And in Power City, we pray for the government. You know that. We pray for them. Whether we like them or not. Whether we know them or not. University students, pray for your vice chancellor. Pray for your vice chancellor. Pray for your lecturers. If you're in a state, pray for your governor. Pray for the authorities. Pray for the executive cabinet of the governor. You have a spiritual duty. It's not just for when bad things happen. You're supposed to pray for them all the time. Every time you pray for your pastor, you pray for your family, you pray for brethren, you pray for the governor, you pray for the president, you pray for the country. And don't pray blindly. Call their names. Call their names. Call the name of your governor. Call the name of your president. Call the name of those people that have authority over you. Call them by name and pray for them. Speak into their life specific things. Say, I hear you. There are instances where the authority of the land goes against the church. And that is the only time we act. When the authorities, when government goes against the church, that is the only time we are to act. Otherwise, 
it is when there is persecution from the authorities. That's the only time we are to act. If as a child of God, you go to protest, which is your right as a Nigerian, you go to protest against a policy of government or to protest against fuel subsidy. You go to protest against elections. You are not protesting for the Lord Jesus Christ. You are protesting as a Nigerian. That is your personal project. That is not a kingdom project. Is it wrong? Not at all. But for you to know that that is your personal project, it has no reward with Jesus. What if you die in the protest? It has no reward. And whatever happens to you in the protest is of no glory to Jesus. It's your personal project. It has nothing to do with the name of the gospel. So in such instances where the authorities of the land or government goes against the gospel of Christ, maybe they gave a ruling or they banned the place of worship or just like in Daniel's case, because some people are saying, what about Daniel that opposed government? He didn't oppose government because of taxes. Daniel did not oppose government because of fuel subsidy. He did not oppose government because of cheated election. He opposed government because government said you should not pray in the name of the God of Israel. Daniel did not fight because of anything that has to do with politics. He fought government because they went against the gospel. Am I teaching good? In fact, if you read through the Bible, anywhere a child of God went against government that is documented was for the sake of the gospel. It was not for anything physical. Daniel said, no king, you have crossed your boundary. He opened his window towards Jerusalem. Before he used to pray with the window closed. But after government said, you shall not pray in the name of the God of Israel. <laughs> Daniel opened the window. Egabadoba, in the name of Jesus. Righteous rebellion. That one is allowed. Or where the apostles were told, you cannot preach any longer in the name of Jesus. There were instances like that. You will not say because the Bible says obey those in authority, you will no longer preach in the name of Jesus. That's not biblical. So we must rightly divide the word. We must learn to look at the scriptures in context. There are instances where restrictions are placed on the church. Places like China, where independent ministries are not allowed to worship. Only a few denominations approved by government. So in such countries, Christians refuse to obey government. They go underground and they have set up churches underground. In fact, I am told there are over 250 million Christians in China. A lot is happening all over China. There's a revival breaking out in China or in the Islamic countries where churches are not allowed. Believers are not allowed to worship. 
That is why places like Dubai, they worship on Fridays. On Fridays. Churches are holding all over on Fridays. Believers. Places like Saudi Arabia, Christians are hiding in different places to worship. Because there is government legislation against the freedom of worship. Under such cases, believers must obey God rather than the laws of the land. Am I teaching? Please listen carefully. So there are instances like that when the government makes laws against the gospel. Sometimes even in some university campuses, they will say all fellowships banned. Well, when they say that, we refuse to obey them. We go and start doing our fellowships. Why? Because we obey God rather than men. Am I teaching good? Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10. Look at it. Mm -mm. Let me give you the wisdom of God if you ever find yourself in an instance like that. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Next verse. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Next verse. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. I know people have, you know, translated these scriptures to mean many things. But brother Paul here is referring to things in the heavenlies. Let's read it in context. Look at verse 12 of that same Ephesians. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Flesh and blood here means human beings. Why did he say that? It's because the agency of this wrestling will be human beings. The agency. The agency of this wrestling will be human beings. But against principalities. Against the rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places he is referring to people who are in authority and are being controlled by the devil people who are in human authority notice the devil cannot act without human authority the devil cannot act without human authority so Paul is saying, rather than face human authority, look at Ephesians chapter 2 and see what is at work in people without Christ. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 2. Wherein in time past, you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now walketh in the children of disobedience. So there's a spirit that works in human beings who are not saved. So those human beings that are not saved, when they find themselves in positions of authority, the spirit that is against God in them begins to steer them up to oppose the gospel. It steers them up to oppose the gospel. To oppose the church. And Paul gave us an advice here. A counsel. He gave us wisdom. He says we do not wrestle. Against flesh and blood. In other words. Don't take it personal. Don't fight people. Don't argue against them. 
Don't go to court against them. He says, put on the whole armor of God. The word wrestle in the Greek is the word pale. Pale in the Greek. It means to ward off. To ward off. To ward off the wiles. To ward off the tricks of the devil. Our conflict is not flesh and blood. That is why the word wrestle there. Wrestle is not WWF. How many of you remember WWF? Mighty Eagle. Hulk Hogan. The Hulkamanias. Eh? Undertaker. I hear Undertaker is born again now. Tongue talking. You know, all of them. You know. And uh, which other? Eh? John? John Cena. Yeah. <laughs> Praise God. That's not what wrestling means in the Bible. That's not what it means. In the Bible, wrestling means to ward off. Like rain is falling, you carry an umbrella. The umbrella is not fighting the rain. The umbrella is warding off the rain from coming to you. Do you understand? So, when you carry the umbrella under the rain, you are wrestling against the rain with the umbrella. You are warding off the water from touching. So, wrestling in Bible does not mean fight. It means to ward off. How do we wrestle? He says, stand, therefore. We wrestle by standing. When they say, don't preach, you preach. When they say, don't pray, you pray. You're wrestling. Okay? How do you stand? Take on the whole armor of God. That's how to stand. You take on the whole armor of God. Look at verse 13 to 16 of that same scripture. <clears throat> 13 to 16, Ephesians 6. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, next verse, stand therefore. How? Having your loins get about with truth. Putting, having on the breastplate of righteousness. Next verse. And your feet short. Don't let them stop you from preaching. No matter the threat, your feet must be short with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Next verse. 16 now. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Shield of faith is your confession. And then the next verse says, praying always. So, we give ourselves to prayer. So when we have opposition against the gospel, our approach to opposition is to put on the whole armor of God. Do not start having human enemies. It's not the man that is your problem. There is a spirit at work in the man. There is a spirit opposing the gospel. And that spirit is what you want to deal with in prayer. Of course, there are human agents. But observe, do not make enemies from persecution. Write that in capital letters. Do not make enemies from persecution. Do not make enemies from persecution. 
Let's see how the apostles handled the authorities of their day. Acts chapter 7, I mean chapter 4 verse 17. Acts chapter 4 verse 17. But that it spread no further among the people. Let us straightly threaten them. That they speak henceforth to no man in this name. Next verse. And they called them and commanded them not to speak at all. Nor teach in the name of Jesus. That's an authority. And if you will follow Romans chapter 13 without the other scriptures, you will just say, yes sir. Yes sir, we won't preach again. But look at what the apostle said, verse 19. Acts chapter 4 verse 19. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye. Is it right to obey human authority than God? They asked them. Then look at Acts 5.28 again. Acts chapter 5 verse 28. Saying, did not we straightly command you that you should not teach in this name? Because they continued. They didn't stop. And behold, you have filled a quiet bomb with your doctrine. You have filled Jerusalem. That is what they were, what Arduino is what they were doing. Everywhere you enter, it was the message. <laughs> the authorities became threatened. They say, have we not told you to stop? Put it up. Haven't we told you to stop preaching in that name? And behold, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine. And you intend to bring this man's blood upon us. 29. Then Peter and the other apostle answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. We ought to obey God rather than men. Now, there's parental authority. There is marital authority. Have I taught that? Parental authority, marital authority. But parental authority is where you are still under the authority of your parents. Then there is marital authority. Then there is employer authority. But whichever of these authorities, they are still men. Parents, marriage, employer, they are still men. Government, they are still men. So when there's a conflict where they use the authority against the gospel, you are to disobey them and obey God. There is husband authority too. When a husband uses authority to make you disobey God, disobey your husband. Since he has no respect for God, you too have no respect for him. That is the condition under which you can rebel against authority. It doesn't matter the levels. Government, husband, employer, parents. I'm teaching good. Where they use their authority contrary to the gospel. You are to obey God rather than men. First Corinthians chapter 11 verse 3. Look at the way brother Paul teaches this with authority. Mm -mm. But I will have you know. Please everybody listen carefully. That the head of every man is who? Christ. The head of every man is who? Christ. 
And the head of the woman is who? The man. And the head of Christ is who? God. Next verse. Every man praying or prophesying, having his head covered, dishonored his head. So what brother Paul was dealing with here is levels of authority. The man is over the wife, but Christ is over the man. So if the man is not obeying Christ, the wife should not obey the man. If the man wants the wife to obey him, he too must obey his superior. You can't disobey your superior who is over all of us and expect me to obey you. Is it clear? But as it has to do with the gospel. As it has to do with the gospel. So when the man who is the husband asks you not to obey Jesus, you have to disobey him and you will not be in sin. The authority of the word of God is above any human authority. We obey God rather than man. We are human authority asks you to obey them rather than God and threaten you. That is persecution against your faith. Where they ask you to obey them and disobey God and they threaten you. That becomes persecution. Where a husband asks his wife to disobey God because he is in disobedience to God and she says no and he begins to punish her. The woman is no more in marriage. The woman is in persecution. The moment abuse enters, the moment beating enters marriage, it is no more marriage. It becomes persecution. So you look for what the scripture says to do when there is persecution. Or when the wife begins to beat the man. It is no more marriage. It becomes what? Persecution. Now, is that getting clear? So what do you do under persecution? <clears throat> you obey God. You obey God rather than men. Remember, you are not to disrespect. You are to honor. Even when you are not obeying the person, you can disobey the person respectfully. <laughs> you didn't hear that. You can disobey somebody respectfully. It doesn't have to be insultive. It doesn't have to be insultive. You are a child of God. There should be no insult in your mouth. It doesn't have to be abusive. Just disobey decently and respectfully. It's a beautiful combination. You're disobeying. Yes, sir. I will not do it. Thank you, sir. Teaching good. So where there's persecution against us, number one, you must do this. Take a stand of faith. Take a stand of faith. We are not going to back down. We are not going to bulk in. Contrary route. I mean, contrary winds make the roots drive in deeper. When there is opposition, opposition is a test of conviction. Your conviction becomes rock solid when there is persecution. When there is persecution. Persecution and hardness is to strengthen us. It's not to kill us. 
So the first thing is to take a stand against the persecution of the gospel. Number two, pray. Pray. Look at Acts chapter 4 verse 23. Acts chapter 4 verse 23. And being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. They reported. They didn't go to their uncle or parents. When there is persecution against the church, go to church. That is when to go to church. When there's persecution against your Christian life, go to church. Look at verse 24 of that Acts chapter 4. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which has made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is. So when there's persecution, we pray. We come together to pray. And look at the content of the prayer. Verse 25. Who by the mouth of thy servant David had said, Why did the hidden rage and the people imagine vain things? They were quoting from Psalms chapter 2. Look at the next verse. The kings of the earth stood up and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. Next verse. Now, before I go to the next verse, observe, against the Lord and against his Christ. So the first thing is, they saw it as opposition against Jesus, not against them. They saw it as opposition against Jesus. Remember what Jesus told Saul. Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Who are you, Lord? I am Jesus whom you persecute. He was persecuting the church, but he was persecuting Jesus. So they said, Lord, it is against you that the rulers have ganged up. So we must never take persecution as personal. Persecution is against Jesus. When Jesus is being persecuted, men punish us. When Jesus is being persecuted, men punish us for it. And when men punish us because Jesus is being persecuted, we are partakers of Jesus' glory. When men punish us because Jesus is being persecuted, it is honor. Just like the apostles were glad to suffer for his name. The Bible says, if you suffer for the name of Jesus, happy are ye. I remember in those days when we were in school, school days, some of our friends that their parents were not believers who persecuted their children for being in our fellowship. I remember after fellowship, we used to sit down and talk about how the persecution is going and we pray and encourage each other and they are happy that they are suffering for their faith in their homes. Some of them were thrown out of their homes. Their parents said they would not pay their school fees until they denounced Jesus. And they told their parents, I would rather not go to school than denounce Jesus. And some of them had to squat with us. Some of them, brethren, had to team up and contribute to help them pay school fees. 
I remember those days. Even as I'm speaking, I'm remembering the faces of some of them that we assisted financially to go through school because their parents threw them out because of their faith in Christ. And they didn't give up. They didn't say, well, you know, I cannot do anything with my parents. No, you don't give up Jesus for your parents. Your parents, their flesh and blood, one day they will be out of this world to go and face this same Jesus. Sometimes when parents talk, they talk as if they are almighty God. In this house, if you go to church again, I will show you I'm your father. Ah, one small malaria. He can't talk well. I'm going to church. Huh? Uh, he can't talk. Malaria. And he's talking as if he's almighty God. I'm teaching. I say I'm teaching. Simple malaria. Then when you now bring the people that he say you should not go to church with, and they say, get more nankleta, so call all the bubble, rise up. The man is healed. <laughs> he becomes a child of God. Miracles, miracles, miracles weaken persecution. Miracles weaken persecution. Am I teaching good? So they first of all saw it as a persecution against Jesus. Look at verse 27 and 28 of Acts chapter 4. For of, of a truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together. Next verse. For to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. They are praying. Why are they praying? When there's persecution, how do you pray? Notice, first of all, they gave the glory to Jesus as the one that is opposed. Then they went ahead to say, stop their threatenings. Is that what they said? Father, stop their threatenings. Is that what they prayed? Father, stop persecution. Is that what they prayed? What did they say? Behold their threatenings and what happens? Grant unto us that we may have what? Boldness to do what? To preach. Boldness to preach. That's a prayer in the midst of persecution. Give us boldness to preach your word. Look at their threatenings. So your focus must be that the word of God should grow. That our brethren under persecution should have boldness to preach the word of God. And then they said, by stretching forth our hands to heal. And that signs and wonders should be done in the name of your holy child, Jesus. Am I teaching good? Signs and wonders will always bring down the hands of the wicked in persecution. Let me show you another instance where Paul the Apostle, you know, we talk about the thorn in the flesh of brother Paul. And that scripture has been misinterpreted by people. Look at 2 Corinthians 12, 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. Unless I should be exalted above measure, through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. If someone says the thorn in the flesh is the messenger of Satan, 
Why will you think it is God that is punishing him? He said the messenger of Satan. So it tells you who sent the tongue. The tongue was sent by the messenger of Satan. That's the devil. What was the tongue in the flesh? Afflictions and persecutions for the gospel. The tongue was not sickness. It was affliction and persecution against the gospel. Many times she was stoned and taken for death. Many times she was whipped. They had evil report and good reports. If you read 2 Corinthians 6, 3 to 10, you will see Brother Paul enumerated it there. So the tongue in the flesh is like when you say, ah, ah, this brother is a tongue in my flesh. It's an idiom. It's a figure of speech. Ah, this woman, please take her away. She's a tongue in my flesh. Tongue in the flesh means she is persecuting me. Or he is persecuting me. It's a figure of speech. So watch 2 Corinthians 12 verse 8 and 9. It will come out clear now. 12, 8 and 9. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice. That it might depart from me. Next verse. And he said unto me. My grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly therefore. Will I rather glory in my infirmities. That the power of Christ may rest upon me. Next verse. Therefore, I take pleasure in what? In infirmities. In what? In reproaches. In what? In necessities. In what? In persecutions. And what? In distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. Is it clear now? So the turn in the flesh were persecution. It was not sickness. God will not take away persecution. He said, I besought the Lord, take it away. God said, they don't take it away. My grace is sufficient. We don't pray against persecution. We pray for boldness in persecution to preach the word of God. So when persecution arises, either from your parents, from your siblings, from your husband, from your wife, from your boss at work, from the government, as you pray, you pray for boldness. You speak the word of God and stand on the word of God. You pray that signs and wonders may be done to glorify the Lord Jesus. In Acts chapter 12 verse 5, when Peter was in prison for the gospel, the church prayed. The church prayed. Peter was to be killed. The church did not gather to discuss the issue. Prayers were made. Eventually, Peter was delivered. The angel went in and freed Peter. Even those that were praying were surprised that Peter was free. <laughs> they were surprised. Ah, no, it cannot be Peter. They just prayed. And somebody asked me, ah, ah. but if they really prayed and Peter is released, why were they surprised? Because in prayer, I pray you receive. And because you're the one receiving, you may receive when I'm not aware and I can be surprised. They didn't know that Peter has received the prayer sharp, sharp. He received sharp sharp and he has come out. They were thinking it was going to be a long delay. Peter was waiting for prayer. The moment they never actually received. And he was out of prison. <laughs> teaching good here. I said, teaching good here. Why was Peter delivered? The Bible says so that he can speak the words of this life. 
Every time God delivers you out of persecution, is so that you can advance his kingdom. So that you can push the gospel further. So when there's persecution against the gospel, do not panic. Do not back down. Pray and stay with the word of God. You cannot obey a man just because the man claims he has authority. Whether he's a father, a husband, a government, a boss at work. You have to obey God rather than men. And of course, in praying, be respectful. Did I say that? Be respectful. Look at Paul before Agrippa. Paul before Festus. Festus was trying Paul. He was under trial. When Paul was to answer Festus, he said, Oh, noble Festus. He didn't say, You idiot. He said, Oh, he's under trial. And he's been fried. Yet he remembered his manners. Oh, noble Festus. Festus said, You are beside yourself. Too much learning. You are a madman. You are a madman. Paul said, Oh, noble Festus. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I say praise the Lord. I say praise the Lord. So when there's persecution against the gospel, either in your home, in the church, anywhere, remember to pray for boldness. Pray for boldness. Don't, don't quit. And if you're being persecuted, endure persecution. Endure hardship as a good soldier of Christ. Now, remember also, learn to use the basket. That's the last thing I'll give you as wisdom. Learn to use the basket. You didn't hear that. When there is persecution, learn to use the basket. This is when Saul of Tarsus started preaching and some people came after his life. They sought to kill him. Look at Acts chapter 9 verse 23. Acts chapter 9 verse 23. And after that, many days were fulfilled. The Jews took counsel to kill him. Next verse. Next verse. But, they, but their lying away it was known of Saul. And they watched the gates day and night to kill him. Next verse. Then the disciples took him by night and let him down by the wall in a basket. And when Saul was come to Jerusalem, he said to join himself to the disciples. But they were all afraid of him and believed not that he was a disciple. He went away. He left the place. Sometimes use wisdom. Stephen had no choice. But you have to run away. Moses ran away from Pharaoh. So he can do more ministry. Even Jesus ran away. Eh? From when he was born as a baby, they wanted to kill him. God said, take him to Egypt. Is it not true? Must use wisdom. John 8.58, Jesus took off. John 8.58. John 8 58 quickly quickly who is on that computer Jesus said unto them verily verily I say unto you before Abraham was I am next verse then took the up stones to cast at him but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple he hid himself he didn't expose himself he hid himself and went out of the temple going through the midst of them and so passed by that is he disguised himself Maybe he put up a face cap with a t-shirt and a short knicker. <laughs> and he passed through them. And they didn't think it would be Jesus that would dress like that. And the moment he took off. <laughs> Wisdom is profitable to direct. I'm teaching good. 
That's a respectful way of saying he ran away. He hid himself and passed through. Yeah, John didn't want to. John was still using respect. <laughs> when Jesus said that John the Baptist was murdered, he left that city for another town. Ah, Herod has killed John. Okay. He moved to another town. <laughs> he moved to another town. So always learn to move and move on time. You didn't hear that. If there's persecution and you have escaped, what do you do? Move on time. When the angel told Peter, move, Peter didn't say, eh, I don't know where I kept my shoe. Sharp, sharp, he had dressed up. Let's move, let's move, let's move. In Acts chapter 8, verse 1, when there was persecution, the church was scattered. The Bible tells us that people left the city and went everywhere preaching. Somebody says, why me? Why are things? Why am I being persecuted? The Bible says, thinking not strange. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12. Think it not strange. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trials, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. Don't think it's a strange thing. Every time you, persecution comes against you, it makes you stronger. It makes you better. It makes you bolder. Count yourself worthy of Jesus. Jesus said, a servant cannot be greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you. Can somebody shout hallelujah? Are you blessed this morning? Have you learned something this morning? We obey our government. We obey the policies of government. If you don't like what the government is doing, you are free to express your opinion within the confines of the law. But in expressing your opinion, if there is persecution, you are not suffering for the gospel. But when the gospel is opposed by the government, we disobey them. Because we obey God rather than men. Somebody bless, stand on your feet, shout hallelujah. Let's pray. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Wisdom for living. In the next service, I'm going to be starting how to build and nurture relationships. You don't want to miss it. You don't want to miss it at all. And that's what I'm going to be teaching the whole next few weeks. How to build and nurture relationships. Aren't you excited about that? That's a good one. Amen. Lift your right hands to heaven. Father, thank you for the opportunity to learn. We receive wisdom. We receive understanding. Thank you for revelation knowledge flowing from this pulpit. Building up an army of people that the devil will be afraid of forever. I decree and I declare that your people are strengthened with might by the spirit in the inner man. Wisdom flows out of this house. And wisdom flows through your people. I decree that everyone here will be a shining light in their world. A shining light in their generation. And a shining light in their communities. A shining light in their offices. And a shining light in the darkness of this world. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for the blessing upon your people today. And we declare that the word that has gone forth will fulfill your counsel in everyone's life. In Jesus' precious name. And every believer says that amen on a note of finality. Amen. Glory. Amen. amen. Are you blessed? Grab a good offering. Let's give in honor of God's word. Those watching online, the banking details are scrolling on the screen, on social media, on television, and the radio audience. Mr. Michael Bush will read the banking details for you in another two or three minutes as we bring to you Acts the Counselor. But every time we give in this church, we honor the word of God. Every time we give in this church, we respond to the word of God as responsible children, sons and daughters of God. 
those of you online we appreciate your support to this ministry helping us to accomplish the objective that god has set before us as a ministry collectively together we are advancing the kingdom of god wherever you're watching around the world all that you do to help us get this gospel out shall not go unrewarded for god is not unrighteous to forget your labor of love and we want you to know that every time you give you enable us do more for the kingdom of god and thank you for giving to the word of god can i have a good amen, amen. lift up your offerings father we pray in faith this morning and we thank you for the privilege of teaching your word and the privilege of building and equipping the saints and I ask that as we give, we give in faith, we give with joy. Those giving online, those giving on television and radio, the same blessing is upon them. Their needs are met supernaturally. Everybody in this building, opportunities open up to you this week. The favor of God is at work on your behalf. Go and make much more money in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for answered prayer. In Jesus' precious name. And every believer says that amen on a note of finality. Glory. Amen. Now listen to me, online community, television community, radio audience, you don't want to miss the 11 o'clock service as I begin to look at how to build and nurture relationships. It will change your life forever. How many of you have been blessed by this series? Have you been blessed by this series? Have you been blessed by this series? Lift your right hand and shout very loud, I do the word of God. I obey the word of God. The word of God is my nature. So I do the word of God joyfully. I didn't hear a good amen. So guys, we look forward to seeing all of you at 11 o'clock in the service. And just before I forget, my book is out. Every man a minister. Every man a minister. I want to pray over it so that you can start buying it immediately. Now, the book is on responding to the call of God. Ministry is the highest form of calling. It is the honor Jesus bestows upon every believer along with salvation. The call to ministry is not a different encounter or experience. It is the same as the call to salvation. Many believers today are found with the excuse of not being called to ministry. They claim that they have not seen a vision or had any thunder or voice or experiences. They err. Every believer is called. In this book, get ready to unlearn and relearn as Dr. Damina examines dutifully the will of God, salvation through the ages. How the believer is to fulfill the plan and purpose of God on earth. Salvation as the call to the ministry. Consecration in ministry, the cost of the cause. The role of the local church. Ministry gifts, the evolution of ministry gifts in the book of Acts. You will also discover that the local church is a place for discipleship and the training for ministry. That is, upon salvation, men are taught the scriptures and trained to serve, which is ministry. This book is a must-have. Father, we pray that as it goes through the nations of the earth, ministers are equipped, disciples are raised, the kingdom of God is enriched and expands, souls are saved in their numbers, and the glory is yours. In Jesus' name. And every believer says a powerful amen. So online you can order for the hard copy and you can order for the e-copy from powercityoffice at gmail.com. Tell everybody around the world about this book. The advert is on my Facebook page. You can go there and share it on your page and get more people. There are a lot of believers that have been deceived by wrong teaching. And instead of being in ministry, they are not in ministry. 
And one day they will face Jesus and he will ask them what they did with ministry. Many of them have been told if you have no calling, you have no vision, you cannot do ministry. And that's not true. So that's why this book must get everywhere around the world. So people will see their responsibility before Jesus. So that they will not go before Jesus and be looking surprised. We need to help people to get this. So share the video, share the adverts. Let's get more people to catch up with what God is doing. Can I have a powerful amen? Are you excited about the book? Amen. Praise God. All right, guys. We look forward to seeing you in the next service at 11 a.m. And until then, enjoy the grace of Christ. Let's celebrate viewers around the world for being a part of this service this morning. Glory. Amen. Woo. Hit by this message. For these, all the messages and books by Dr. Abel Damina. Please call plus 234-806-800-9939 or email powercityoffice at gmail.com Power City International presents Relationships Define Success and Failure in a Man's Life Theme Wisdom for Living The New Creature and His Relationships Ministering Dr. Abel Daminer Date 2nd May 5th May 9th May to 31st May 2021 Time Mondays to Fridays 6 p.m. GMT plus 1 and Sundays 8 a.m. GMT plus 1 and 11 a.m. GMT plus 1 services. This program will be live on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube and on Kingdom Live Network TV. Host Doctors Abel and Rachel Daminer. Join the study.
Ramírez.